Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on episode 14, season two of The Standoff with Brad and Richie. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Thought it was a pretty entertaining round, Richie, but man, what a heartbreaking performance from the Warriors. It was. Um, yeah, doesn't matter how entertaining the round is for me, and when, when the Warriors lose like that, it kind of spoils it for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it kind of sucks when it's on a Friday because it kind of sets up the rest of the weekend to kind of foul a little bit. But um, while we're here live on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via our podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to be covering everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including our top stories of the week, a review of the Round 12 matches and our picks, We'll then stop and answer some questions from you guys and some questions we have for each other. Um, then we'll go into a preview of the round 13 clashes and make our picks before covering the Super League and ending the show. So um, tune in to get your rugby league news and remember to send us questions um, and comments throughout the show. And let's just get into the top stories of the week, Richie. Okay. Um, First one I had, it's probably not the biggest story of the week, but Jake Clifford and Tommy Dearden have both officially made mid-season switches. Um, Clifford's now with the Knights, and Dearden has gone to the Cowboys. So um, Clifford was quite emotional after the, the game against the Warriors, and it's clear to see he knew his bags were packed. So um, what do you think about the switch? Obviously the Knights need help in the halves, um, and yeah, Dearden's quite a handy pickup for the Cowboys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, the Knights definitely need some help in the half, so Clifford will bring some reinforcement there. Thought he's been going not too bad when he's been playing for for the Cowboys, so um be interesting to see how it changes the dynamics of both sides. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, feel like it's the Broncos have let a player go, but they've never really, haven't got anything in return, so they're kind of like the losers in this scenario of this little love triangle. But, um, yeah, definitely um, be good to see what happens with both players. I think Dearden was kind of on the outer once he signed, so he wasn't being used. Um, I think he would be um, quite handy. But um, on to the next bit of news. The Tigers have actually signed an English centre, 
um, Oliver Gildad. I think I've got his name wrong. Um, he's signed on a two-year deal, um, plays for Wigan. Um, he scored 61 tries in 129 games for Wigan. He was actually a, a centre rumoured to be um, looked at by the Warriors um, before they signed Ewan Aiken. Um, I've seen a little bit of his work um, in the Super League being a Wigan fan, and um, I think he's a handy player and he could do well um, in the NRL. Um would I go the Tigers if I was him? I'm not too sure. But um, with the Warriors pulling out of the race, they might have been the only option. Um, I know you don't watch a lot of Super League, but do you know anything about Oliver? From what I've seen of him, he looks like a he looks like he'd be a decent enough acquisition. Um, be interesting to see where he sort of fits in with the Tigers' plans because um, I think we've seen. Tommy Talau um, playing a bit this year, and he's looked not too bad. And also uh, BJ Leilua there. I know he's he, he wasn't playing on the weekend, but yeah, um, yeah, interesting to see, to see where he fits into their makeup. Yeah, you also got um, Adam Dewey as well, who um, yeah. he's all over the place where he's playing. But I don't know if that's an indication that next year they want to make Dewey a permanent five eight. Um, which is probably where he plays better for them anyway. Um, but, yeah, interesting times for the Tigers. Um, we're going to talk about their game um, coming up. But I think they're showing a lot of heart this year. They're just missing something, and maybe he is something that will help. Um, next bit of news, we may as well get into some state of origin. I, I, I'm sure we'll be on different sides of the fence here. But um, the Origin teams have been announced and Game 1 has been moved to Townsville due to the current um, COVID lockdown in Melbourne. There's been a, a bit of an uproar that Queensland get two games in Queensland this season. Um, as a New South Welshman, I'm going to ask you the question, um, what do you take on Queensland having two home games this year? Uh, it, I don't think it will... It'll be too much of a negative for New South Wales up up there in um, Townsville. They should have a nice sort of dry, fast track. So I think looking at New South Wales' backline and, and sort of mobile forward pack they've picked, it might actually suit them a little bit with their game style. Obviously, um, the crowd will be on the other side of the fence, though. So, yeah. They're, they've had it. I think the last time um, a team had two home games, it was Queensland as well, which has kind of been thrown a bit. But I, I think at this level, with the talent that you've got, it doesn't really matter where they're playing. And I think everyone would prefer a crowd as opposed to still staying in Melbourne with no one there. Um, if it could have been um, moved elsewhere, I see uh, Paul said, should the game have been moved to Auckland? Apparently there were talks that they were going to take it to that abomination we call Eden Park. Um, I don't know if they could have done it just due to the time difference. Um, it would have been like a, a 10 o'clock kickoff in Auckland. Um, but there, there, there were other places they could take it. They could have even looked at just jiggling it around and moving game one to some court. And then game two, move it to Melbourne if everything's cleared up or something. There was other options, but to their credit, it wasn't something that they could plan straight away. It was kind of a, we've got to make a decision now. And I think Townsville, they'll get a great turnout. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it's always interesting to watch. And um, as a Kiwi over here, it doesn't really matter where it played, to be honest, as long as we get to watch mm. it. Nice new stadium in Townsville as well. Yeah, exactly. 
And um, speaking of Origin, um, the first game is actually going to be um, broadcast live on TV3. Um, it's the first time in 19 years that um, they're going to get some live rugby league on their um, on their channel. Um, the deal was struck between TV3 and Sky um, for the first game, but then the second two will be exclusive on Sky. Um, it doesn't really affect me as someone who has Sky Sport because I like watching league. But I think it's it's a great way to maybe try to get some more eyes on on the game. What do you think? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, mate. Um, like like yourself, it won't affect me too much. I, I would have watched it anyway. Um, but it's great that um, some people that don't have a Sky account will will be able to tune in and and have a look. So, guys, this is in response to how uh, Spark Sport were putting the first Test match or the first One Day International on uh, free to air and then putting the rest of the, the series on uh, behind a paywall. I think that's part of the, again, uh, sort of get some eyeballs on the first one. Hey, if you want to watch the next two, sign up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it, it's something like that. I think the only problem they'll have is that if you are a league fan, you already have Sky because it's the only way you can watch it. Um, but yeah, for the, for the others that aren't and are interested that it could be uh, opening the door for them and letting them, um, come in and then decide to spend thousands of dollars to have a sky uh, sky in their house um but yeah it, it's good to see something like that it's um always good to have something free on free to air occasionally no but you, you you could sign up say to uh sky sports now for a month for like 20 or 29 dollars whatever it is uh yeah so yeah exactly you, you don't you don't have to have, go with the whole dish and all the entertainment channels like you used to there are other options for those uh, who are tech savvy yeah. others um, unlike Richie, who loses his camera every so often. <laughs> Touch wood, that doesn't happen. Yeah, um, yeah, there are those other options which do help. Um, <laughs> yeah. So um, we may as well, I've got some more save origin news, so we may as well hit it now. Um, Caelan Ponga has been ruled out um, of origin game one, and Reed, Reed Mooney, um, who I talked about putting in my team in your question last week, he was picked, but now he's been released back to the Eels because they say Harry Grant's looking healthy. So a bit of a heartbreaker for him. He gets the call up and then he gets told, get on your bike, son, you're going home. Yeah, it is a bit harsh, eh? Um, so what's what's the reshuffle looking like, Brad? I didn't actually catch that today. They haven't really 100% confirmed, but it sounds like Valentine Holmes might be moving to fullback. With Kyle um, felt on the wing? Kyle felt on the wing, yeah. So um, it makes sense. Um, Kyle Felt's uh, an out-and-out winger. Um, Valentine Holmes, um, in the game we're going to talk about soon, um, has been playing really well and is a good fullback. So, yeah, um, as a Queensland fan, I'm, I'm not too concerned. Um, it should be easy. Um, we're, we've got the worst team ever, probably again, and we'll probably win it again, so... I, I disagree with you there. <laughs> yeah. Respectfully, I disagree. Um, yeah, and I see um, Scott's mentioned um, AJ Brimson um, for fullback. Um, that could be an option too. He, he's been playing outstanding. Um, I had him as my fullback in our your question to me last week. So um, I didn't even have Valentine Holmes in there. Um, so, yeah, I think AJ's been playing really well as well. So it's... It's really just going to come down to what Paul Green wants to do. You got any thoughts on who you would prefer, AJ or Valentine? AJ uh, Brimson was sort of touted for the 
the utility bench role, wasn't he? So I guess if he were to start fullback, maybe that brings uh, Reed Marnie uh, from the Eels back into the picture. Possibly, yeah. So that might be it. They might be deciding to stick with Brimson in that 14 um, jersey and um, let Valentine stay out the back. Um, so next bit of the news, um, our, our new segment due to the rules, um, our Simbin count for the round. So um, it actually came down this week. Um, there were only 12. Um, so still still quite a lot. Um, but there were a few games that had none at all, which was good. Um, the Eels game kind of blew it out. There were four in that game. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of looks like the teams are kind of coming back and um, bringing it down. The Warriors had a Simbin in their game, but it wasn't for a contact to the head. So that's a bonus. Um, yeah. What do you think? Do you think the teams are adjusting or was it just the refs are, are being a bit more lenient? Uh, probably a little bit of, of adjustment, mate. But um, yeah, there were a couple of silly Sinbins, in my opinion, too, from the, from the round. I'm sure we'll touch on them during the game reviews. But yeah, um, I, from that standpoint, I don't think the refs went any lighter. So maybe it is a bit of an adjustment. If anything, um, I saw saw some really girly ones from the refs. But again, we'll touch yeah. on them during the review. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's there's a certain former warrior loan player that I think was lucky with how the new rules are to um, get away with a couple. But we'll discuss that in in his game. Um, But next bit of news, it kind of changed in the last 24 hours, but Nico Hines um, has signed with the Sharks on a three-year deal worth $1.8 million. Um, He was still clubs um, with news coming out yesterday that the Warriors had thrown a three-year deal worth $1.5 at him with the option to play 5-8. But um, yeah, as soon as that news came out, um, a couple of minutes later, he came out saying he'd sign with the Sharks. Um, what do you think about it? He's kind of, his stock's been rising the last couple of weeks with Brian Pappenhausen out. Um, mm. Do you think it's a good move that he goes to Cronulla or would you like to see him go elsewhere, um, taking away being a Warriors fan out of the equation? It's a good move for Cronulla. Um, yeah, he's obviously a very talented player and in the last few weeks he's really had the opportunity to show us show his wares. Um, interesting to see where he fits into the Sharks setup because I know they've re-signed Will um, Kennedy. Um, yeah. yeah, don't know what that means for maybe somebody like uh, Matt Moylan. But, yeah, interesting to see whether he slots into the halves or if he's uh, they look at him as a fullback. Um, I'm guessing maybe in the halves if, if they've re-signed Will, Ke- Will Kennedy. What do you reckon? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think they're going to be looking at him as a, in a, as a halves option and trying to keep either Johnson or Moylan, depending on if Johnson wants to stay or not. Um, I think he might now because I think the Broncos were really the only club that were really after him, and they've got Adam Reynolds now. So I don't think there's as much um, much desire from other clubs to take Sean Johnson, but that could change depending on how his form goes in the the back end of the season. Um, But, yeah, I see uh, two out of the three are going to be there. Um, It just depends which one they decide to stick with, if it's Moylan or Johnson. I think Johnson would have to take a bit of a pay cut from what he's used to to stay, I think, eh? I think, to be honest, I think you have to take a pay um, cut wherever he ends up. Um, 
I, I don't see him being that million dollar player that he once thought he was. Um, so yeah, interesting times there. And it's obviously something we're going to have to keep an eye on so we can um, advise all of you a bit more once we know more. Um, next little bit is kind of a couple, but Phil Gould made his, um, his first trip to New Zealand um, as an employee. Um, he got to speak to a lot of the club in person. He, he's done a, a lot of his um, job via Zoom due to the, the current climate. And um, he actually went and visited a few club matches in Auckland. Um, Sky Sport put on their YouTube channel a 45-minute interview um, with him and Goran Paladin. That was actually a really good watch. I watched it again to the, today um, where he kind of um, gave his insights on the whole Warriors staying in New Z uh, Australia situation, um, how to develop talent, not only for the Warriors, but as an NRL club in general. Um, he gave his opinion on Nathan Brown as a coach. And um, I thought it was a really good insight for him. So I recommend you guys checking it out. It's quite big, so you can't condense everything he said in there. But he was um, quite confident and said he, he doesn't want to put a date down on when the Warriors might benefit from developing their their um development but um yeah there was some insightful stuff there he, he had a lot of kind words to say about nathan brown and said that he he thinks that the warriors will benefit a lot from having him as coach and the key is you've got a you've got to stick you can't have a year and a half and then you sack a coach get another one you've got to give them some time to breathe and um he also had a lot of kind words about how hard it is for them being in Australia and that the decision to stay in Australia hasn't been taken lightly. And um, he, he said that there was a, a lot of people aren't giving them the credit for where they are performance wise with all the struggles they're going through. Um, so yeah, it's good to see. And um, hopefully he gets to um, come over a bit more um, in the upcoming months, as long as, the COVID situation kind of stays steady. Um, thankfully, he doesn't live in Melbourne. Um, but, yeah, before we move on from that, there was some more news where the Bulldogs tried poaching Guild. Um, they offered him the um, general manager job, similar to what he had at Penrith. Um, they wanted him to come, but he he said on Twitter that he, he spoke to the CEO and um, declined the kind offer and said that he's committed to the Warriors and the vision that they share together, which is actually good to see because you'd think um, general manager of a club's probably going to give you a bit more coin than um, what he's doing for the club. So um, what do you think about that, that he, he turned it down to stay with the Warriors? Yeah, I, I saw on Twitter that he, he uh, got that offer and shot it down in favour of staying with us. Uh, very happy with that. You know, I think we're seeing with the Panthers having someone like him on board, I think it's more of a long-term sort of strategy to bear fruit. Um, and he's all about development and, and developing a club and a culture. So, yeah, very happy that he's um, come out and said he's going to stay on with us. Yeah, 100%. And, um, yeah, he said in that interview as well, he said a lot about uh, he wants kids growing up here to want to be Warriors because the amount of kids you go and look at every NRL club, the amount of kids that were born in New Zealand, um, a lot of them in Auckland as well, that um, leave New Zealand as 13, 14-year-olds to go and become NRL players at other clubs. If they could stem some of that flow, um, 
and get them to to want to be warriors and stay in New Zealand, it will make the club a lot stronger in years to come. Um, you you look at Panthers, um, they're still like the most inexperienced side in the NRL due to how young they all are, and they're the best team in the comp by a country mile. Um, it's fair to say. So um, that's not something that you're going to see from the Warriors like next year or the year after because it takes a lot of effort to get that development working. But I think once you see that it happen and see those young kids start to flow in and get that experience, it, it's going to be very fruitful, which is exciting to see. And um, last bit of news, um, we haven't talked about him yet and it feels weird. So we'll go into some Reese Walsh speak, but um, he's been banned for a week for a striking charge in the game we're about to discuss shortly, um, which means, unfortunately, due to the Warriors having a bye this week, um, we're going to miss him for the Storm game in round 14. So a massive loss. Um, I don't think there was much in the the striking charge, but um, it's the, the new world we're in. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the, the suspension and how the Warriors will fare without him? There wasn't a lot in it, to, in it, in my opinion. Maybe I'm just old school like you, Brad. We're, we're just a couple of old nuts, but um, didn't look like much. But probably the fact that he lashed out uh, didn't didn't work in his favour. Um, you look at a couple of the other people that got off this week: Cam Murray, yeah, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe Welsh just needed to be selected for Queensland. And he would have got off. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Um, there were rumours that he was still in the mix too. Um, but I know Nathan Brown was trying to stem the, the flames there. Um, I think Paul Green was looking at it like he thought it would be a thing to bring the young kid in and give him some experience in origin. But I, 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 I'm I, on Brown's side here. I think it's still too early. Um, he's a hell of a talent and his, he'll be an origin player. It's... It's no question. He, he's he got the goods, um, but he's 18 and he's played like five games. So um, maybe let him um, get a bit more NRL experience first before you you throw him to the, the wolves there. Um, but we may as well get straight into the round 12 review. Um, right, so we'll go on Thursday yep. night. We've got the um, the Storm defeat of the Broncos, 40 to 12. Um, wasn't really much of a contest here with the Storm just being too strong even though they still are without a lot of key players. They did welcome um, Brandon Smith back, but um, mm. I think the the star of the night was Nico Hines. We talked about him getting his new deal with the Sharks, but he was a, a monster for the Storm. He um, led them with running meters. He got I got the stats here. He got 214 running meters. Um, he had three line breaks, two try assists, scored a try himself, and he was six from seven at the kicking tee. Um, I think it's... We keep saying it, but Melbourne, you you lose a superstar and then all of a sudden the next kid coming in becomes a superstar. It's crazy there. Um, what are your thoughts on the game and Nico Hines' performance? Yeah, Hines was sensational. Um, he was in everything, was involved in most of their scoring plays, like you say, solid off the tee. So um, from that point of view, I think the Storm would be pretty happy because Cam Munster wasn't exactly kicking very well before he was injured. Um, Brandon Smith too was really good um, you know just his usual self laying on uh, tr- laying on tries scoring a couple tries um, even Cooper Johns I thought was quite was quite good 
in the halves. Um, yeah. Yeah. Broncos didn't really have much of an answer. No. No. And on that, we had um, the return of Anthony Milford. Um, Tyson Gamble was on suspension, so it was Milford's time to shine and show Kevin Walters and all the NRL that he still had what it took. And unfortunately, it was a shocking night for him. Um, yeah. I think the commentators were saying a, a lot that you could just see he had a lack of confidence. Um, he's got talent, but he's just not backing himself at the moment. And his passes were um, were just not on song. And um, it didn't matter. It didn't help matter, but I'm sure when Kevin Walters hooked him in the 68th minute. But yeah, it's um, it's a trying time for Milford right now. I, I think all the NRL clubs are probably taking 10 steps back from offering him deals and he might be super league bound um, if he wants to keep his career going, which is unfortunate because I think he's a fantastic player. Um, I just don't think he's what the Broncos need. Yeah, I, I think you're perfectly correct when you say he's down in confidence. You can just see it, mate. Um, he's not the player he once was four or five years ago. Um and you know that you can see it in how the Broncos have been travelling. Uh, yeah, he you, he might be struggling to pick up a good contract with his next one. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's something we will keep an eye on to see what happens with his whereabouts and where he's going to end up. Um, I hope it's in the NRL for him. Um, I think he's too young to go to Super League yet, and um, got too much talent. But. Um, I want to give the Broncos a little bit of leeway for this performance. So I, I, they've been up and down, um, down more times than up, but um, they were playing the Storm, um, which is not an easy... We've seen what the Storm have done to some of the best teams in the NRL. So um, the fact that they, they, they tried at least and they got some points on the board, I know that might sound a bit facetious, <laughs> but... Um, they need to go back to the performances they had a couple of weeks ago if they want to um, try to make some inroads. They're, they've got no chance of making the eight. Um, but it's more about building confidence up within the squad, getting them to that level where they can feel confident to hit next season head on, which, you know, it's not the greatest outlook when you're only halfway through a year, but that's the reality of the situation for them right now. Yeah, look, the Storm will do that to a lot of teams. I believe that was their, I think it was their seventh game this year where they've gone 40 points or more. Um, That's right. And their ninth win in a row as well. Yeah, along with the Panthers, they're just a different beast from a lot of these other teams. So, yeah, a tough one for the Broncos. Basically do the grand final now and just call it a day. (laughs) But... Um, that takes us to the, the next game on Friday, which saw the Cowboys defeat the Warriors 29-28. Um, another stressful game. Uh, second week in a row where the Warriors have had us at our wits end. Um, unfortunately, it was a disappointing ending this time. Um, I thought the Warriors started well, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they just disappeared, and the Cowboys went on a rampage. Um, they got up to a 22-6 lead at halftime, which... Um, was really concerning sitting at home. Um, But the Warriors, to their credit, they fought back. Um, They scored four unanswered tries, including a length of the field try by Reese Walsh, which um, he just keeps adding to his highlight reel um, in the early stages of his career. Um, But then they just let it slip again. Um, 
let the Cowboys back into the contest. And then um, they kind of had the game in the bag when they had a, um, the Cowboys had a, a, a rough call right in front. And um, instead of just going for the quick field goal, the Warriors played some silly football and then shanked the field goal attempt, which gave the Cowboys the chance they needed. And um, a couple of plays from them and then Valentine Holmes wasted no time, um, booted a almost 40-meter field goal to win the game. Um, what do you think? There's, there's a lot to take out of this game. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to unwrap. Um, this, this is a game where we would have targeted and thought this is a very winnable game albeit the Cowboys have been going pretty well um, of late. Um, yeah, there was just we, – we should have won this one, but there was a few things. Our edge defense wasn't the flashiest. Um, we were making a few mistakes there. I think um, Katoa made a couple of pretty bad ones. Um, the Jazz Tavanga sin binning didn't help and, and just compounded things. That, that sin bin, by the way – Clear penalty. I think he's definitely hit him plenty late. It wasn't high. It looked pretty soft. I don't think I've ever seen a sin bin like that. That was a pretty soft sin bin for me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's the the ref made the comment about a, a bit of whiplash. Uh, again, first time I've ever heard that as a as a reason to sin bin somebody. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, but we also got, looked a bit exposed and. In some areas, like with Reese Walsh's defense, maybe he was exposed a little bit in this game. I know his attack is always good, but the Cowboys uh, ran through him a couple times for tries. So, yeah, yeah. disappointing. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah, back to the Jazz thing. Um, yeah, I don't think it was Simbin worthy, but it was the most Dumb. boneheaded thing I've seen him yeah. do in a long time. And yeah. um, hopefully, that's a wake up call for him on the Simbin. Like. Hey, it's good to have I, – I, I like having him out there. He's a bit of an enforcer, but mm. there was no need no need to do what he did in that situation. Um, it didn't give the Warriors a leg up, um, hurt them very badly. And um, on the defensive side of things, yeah, Walsh got shown up a few times, which was a bit of a concern, but I was quite concerned about Roger on the wing. Um, he kept rushing – in off the wing, something the Warriors have been prone to do, but I thought of a guy like Warrior, um, like Roger with his experience wouldn't do it, but he was rushing in like we've seen everyone else to do. It was just really frustrating um, because it just put a lot more pressure on Reese Walsh to kind of clean up, um, which of all people, Roger knows what it's like when he has to do the cleanup work because his wingers and centres have rushed in. So to see him doing it is just concerning. I don't know if that's a defensive ploy because if he's even doing it, it means someone's obviously telling them to do it, surely. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it might be just our defensive structure because I think Montoya was even caught on the outside by Felton. Montoya was doing the same thing. He was coming in in the centre. And I know they that team's sort of wingers will jam in if, if this, they feel like their centres have, have jammed in as well, that they tend to follow them in. So I don't know if it's just our defensive structure that's lacking a bit, but definitely something we need to look at. Yeah, and um, don't want to just cry about the Warriors, all all of this. So um, Cowboys, I think they'll be happy with that win. Um, Todd Payton finally gets a win over his former team. Um, it's got them into the top eight. 
which I think is great for them. And um, if they can play with that same type of intensity, um, their campaign's in good shape for now. It's just keeping that level up. And, yeah, for the Warriors, um, I'm, I've got concerns with Nathan Brown's interchange. Um, I think he's he's leaving forwards on for too long or not giving them enough minutes. Um, Katoa, I think around the 20-minute mark, you kind of saw that Katoa needed to come off. Um, ben murdoch masilla has been probably the Warriors' best or one of the best forwards the Warriors have in Adam Fenor Blake's absence. Um, minus Tohu Harris, but um, just leaving them on the pine for the whole first half, I think, was a big mistake. And you saw when he came out in the second half, the impact he had on the game. Um, so I think he's just got to work on it a little bit. Bunty, I think Bunty Afar only got 15 minutes in the entire game as well. Um, could be a concern when Adam Fenua Blake comes on, um, comes back on maybe other players not getting the minutes or maybe... Fenua Blake doesn't get as many minutes as he needs to. So, um, what are what are your thoughts on the whole interchange thing? Agree com- completely. I, I think you're spot on. Uh, looking at some uh, K- uh, Katoa's efforts, uh, there was a, a couple of breaks where he didn't look like he had much energy left to sort of put his full effort into chasing back. Um, I think the the Jake Clifford try where he was chasing the grubber. Katoa was just sort of neandering around the ball and, and didn't look to have the energy to put in a big effort to cut it off. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I, I'm like you. I think Murdoch Masilla needs more minutes. He, he makes really good impact, and I'd be throwing him into the game 20, 25 minutes into the first half if it, if it were me. Yeah. Hundred percent. So um, they got the they got a buy this week, so they've got a lot of time to sit down and um, reevaluate um, how their the first half of the season's gone for them and what they need to do to improve. Fenor Blake should be back um, next round, which will be great for them. Um, and yeah, it's it's not all doom and gloom. Um, they haven't played that bad they haven't played that good they're kind of in the middle and um their ladder position kind of um proves that fact and um they're still in the race um so they've got some tough matchups but they've got some easily winnable matchups so yeah um it's all about finding that consistency so they don't we don't have to keep complaining about these lapses that we see every week um if they can get rid of the lapses um they know how to score points. We saw that here where they, they went from 22-6 down to leading. Um, they just got, yeah, there's a few things, no lapses, better interchange and better starts, and I think we'll see a competitive side. I think so, mate. And I think um, on that um, on that Phil Gould interview you were talking about a little earlier, he kind of made comment too that, you know, we're sort of just part of that group of teams that are sandwiched in below the top sort of three or four. And, and we'll be in a lot of games, um, and a lot of close games this year. So it'll yeah. depend on how, how we hold our nerve and finish those. Yeah, which, um, yeah, makes it entertaining um, watching as a fan of league, but very stressful as a Warriors fan. Um, but, yeah, let's get into the next game on Friday. We had the Tigers defeating the Dragons 34-18. to 18. Um, So after that tight match, with the Warriors Cowboys, we're back to one-sided affairs with um, the Tigers dominating the Dragons here. Um, the margin doesn't look that bad, but um, the Dragons kind of got a few um, late 
tries. I think they got two tries in like the last 10 minutes to kind of make the yeah. score look a bit better. But um, yeah, it was just the Tigers, as I've been saying all year, they, um, they take teams to the limit and on their day, they can beat teams and the Dragons just continue to slide. Um, as I, they're not going to get to my wooden spoon spot like I predicted, but um, I think they're definitely on a, on a one-way trip out of the eight. Yeah, I think the Tigers did to the Dragons what, what they should have done to the Dragons, given some of the personnel the, the Dragons have been missing, and now they've sort of been sliding, like you say. Um, Dane Laurie was really good, really dangerous, and he continues to be one that looks really good. Um, him and Tommy Talal were amongst the tries. I think even James Roberts, he's had a bit of a quiet season, but he picked up a couple of tries. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think they just did what they needed to do there and put put them away. Yeah, and yeah, the Dragons, um, I think they're just going to end up where they belong on the ladder. Um, I think they had that nice little run of form at the start, which let them um, leapfrog a few people. But yeah, they're slowly settling back to where they kind of are in this competition, which isn't great for them, but it's good for um, teams below them on the ladder that should hopefully squeeze into the eight. Um, so yeah, time is going to tell with that. But yeah, I, I've looked at the Dragons run and it isn't that pretty. So um, there could be some rough times ahead. Um, that brings us to the first game on Saturday, and it was a bit of a surprise, but the Panthers beat the Bulldogs 30-4. to um, I thought it was a bit of a bizarre match because I was expecting, um, you know, would we get triple figures? Um, would it be a cricket score? Um, how badly were the Panthers going to hurt the Bulldogs here? But... Um, I don't think it was that the Panthers played bad. I think they they wanted to keep a few tricks up their sleeve. It looked like they were just doing a training run. They never looked troubled. They were just doing what they needed to do. And, um, yeah, it was a glorified training run. It looked like they were trying some things. Um, it was very slow. It was 10-0 at halftime, which I'm sure would have made a lot of Bulldogs fans' day. Um, they were still in the match. And then, yeah, that second half, the – the Panthers were like, okay, now we've had our fun. Let's put something on. And they scored four tries quickly to, to blow the game up. But, um, yeah, I think it, it's still scary. It shows, you'd think um, a Panthers team, as good as they are with as many young players, they might take this game lightly or be a bit too cocky and start doing silly things um, that you would see some young, excited players do. But they were just slow and methodical, um, did what they were told to do and punish the Bulldogs in a slightly different way than I thought they would. Yeah, I think uh, some credit needs to go to the Bulldogs for the first half. They were hanging tough and, and keep. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Really tight. Um, I think then Dylan Watini Zalesniak made a terrible blunder, which with a bad offload that gifted the Panthers a try, and then it all sort of rolled on from there. Yeah. Um, and then the Panthers, uh, we've said it so many times this year, but they've just got too many threats. I thought Stephen Crichton was really immense. He was immense. He um, put his hand up and sort of told the New South Wales selectors, don't forget about me. I think he got a try assist, a try himself, a really nice try, and he had 265 running metres, so he had a big one. Also, Burton and, and Charlie Staines got a couple of tries, so all their regular threats were doing their thing. Yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, the Bulldogs, um, yeah, I, I just think that it goes down to basics. They lack attack and they can't defend um, as cruel as that can be. Um, I've been talking a lot about how good they're going to be next year with the players, but um, I think uh, a thing that I've overlooked, and I think they – I'm assuming they're looking into it, but I think they need to get some forwards in. Um, they're, they've bolstered their backs, but it's their their middle that's kind of lacking at the moment. They've got um, Jack Hetherington, who um, was the player I mentioned about the Simbins. I think he was very lucky. Um, mm. He's kind of a Simbin merchant at the best of times, but he got put on report twice. And um, I think any other day with how these new rules are, both of those calls probably would have marched him to the bin um, mm. with how the rules are now. So I think he was very lucky there. Um, but yeah, they need, they're missing. They lost Aiden Tolman. They let him go. Um, they've got Luke Thompson, who is the standout for their pack, but they needed at least one or two other guys in there to help him out um, because you could have the best back line in the world, but if you forward aren't doing the work, um, they're not going to be able to shine. Yeah, and I wonder if they're still pursuing Jazz Tafunga because he would help. But, um, yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. They have done a lot of work on their backs, but they are um, they do look thin in the forwards. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, yeah, tough times still ahead for the Bulldogs. I think they're, they're kind of solidifying themselves as the wooden spoon um, to be, um, unfortunately for them. But, yeah, the Panthers, I just don't know when their first loss is going to be. Um I don't know. I, I know we might have some different opinions, but um, I think they're they're a very talented side, and um, it, it might have to wait until they play the Storm um, or the Warriors. Warriors will will upset them, I'm sure. Hundred um, percent. But we'll go to the next game on Saturday. We had the Rabbitohs defeating the Eels, thirty-eight to twenty. Um, Rabbitohs are kind of becoming that team I can't predict anymore. Um, they've been really poor, but I thought they looked really good in this game. And um, the Eels, I think, have been showing up again. Um, I think the Eels, a lot of people are calling them flat-track bullies now, where um, if they get themselves into a good position, um, they'll make you pay. But if you show a bit of resistance, they fall apart, which we mm. saw here. The Rabbitohs just put on a show. Um, Alex Johnston and Dane Gagai both got hat-tricks. And... Um, yeah, it was a better performance from, from the Rabbitohs. I know we have the stat that um, a team that has had 50 on them don't win premierships. They'll be wanting to prove that wrong. Um, I still think they're 
a mile behind the Storm and Panthers. But I think it's fair to say they're probably the third best team in the comp at the moment. You could argue maybe Manly are trying to push them um, in that category. But I think it's uh, they've got a lot of talent. If they hold on to the ball, they cause trouble, um, which is what we saw here. Mm. Um, I think we were mentioning it a bit last week, but I think we both tipped – you tipped the Rabbitohs, didn't you? I tipped the Rabbitohs this week. Um, yeah. So it was another week with Latrell back and, and then now with Cam Murray back. Um, we were kind of saying he make, Cam Murray makes a really big difference to the Rabbitohs. Um, just with those key guys coming back, they looked like they were picking up some polish again and, and looking slick. Um, for the Eels, their um, the Eels defence was a bit of a horror show on, on that side where um, Johnson was scoring and I, th- I think... Eels fans weren't too happy with with um, Blake Ferguson and um, Walker Blake. W- Wanga Blake. So I know they've swung the axe with um, Blake Ferguson. He's paying the price for that. But they they were their, their defense down that side was really poor, and and Rabbitohs ended up cutting them to ribbons. Yeah, it shows the the difference a week makes. Um, before that game, Blake Ferguson was getting talked up as a potential. Um, winger for New South Wales, and now he, he's not making first grade. Um, mm. It was, yeah, shocking. They um, they had poor discipline as well. They had two sin bins, and they had a lot of silly penalties against them. And, yeah, that defense, they need to work on it. Um, for a top four side like they, they're meant to be, they can't just leak tries like they are. Um, a lot of work to do for them. Um, they haven't got the bye this week, so they can't prepare. Um like the Warriors can, but yeah, they need to do something and they need to do it fast because um, as we'll see coming up shortly with the ladder, there's um, not that many points between a lot of these sides and a, a couple mm. of poor rounds can see you completely drop out of contention. So um, it's great for a competition standpoint that so many teams are close, but yeah, you, you can't let games like this slip. Uh, that brings us to the last game on Saturday. Um, another blowout. Uh, the Roosters defeating the Raiders 44-16. to um, The Raiders continued the trend that we're seeing the last couple of weeks where they, they come out in a flyer. They were leading 16-0 um, at one point and, um, at half, or in the first half. And then they just disappeared at halftime like we've seen like the last month. Um, Joseph Sawali, who I, I was a bit critical of last week, he scored his first try. Um, bit of a fluke try, if you ask me. Um, he was he put himself in the right position, so I give him credit for that. But um, uh, just the bounce of the ball. But I thought he played well. Um, I think he 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 is definitely a talent. I just want. I, I, we talked about it a bit last week, and it includes probably includes us in this category. But I just want to see people settle down with these young kids. Um, you know, the NRL is still doing highlight reels of everything he does in games, which I still think is a bit cringeworthy. Um, that we, we haven't seen it for Reese Walsh yet, and I think you get a lot more exciting stuff out of that. But these young kids, they're, they're kind of being just put out there early, and I think he'll be okay in the Roosters. The Roosters have had more than their share of experience with superstars and how to keep them grounded. I think the Warriors have been doing really well with Reese Walsh, um, keeping their heads level. Um, 
you just don't want to see these kids get blown out of proportion. And then if they have one bad game, the whole world dumps on them and mm. it turns them. Um, look at Anthony Milford, for an example. Um, Alf, Anthony Milford was meant to be the next big thing. Um, had a couple of poor years with Brisbane and now he's he's the little kid with leprosy in the corner um, that no <laughs> one wants to touch. Um, we don't want to see that with these superstar talent because it's, it's these young guys with their talent that um, bring new eyes to the to the NRL um, that get more people interested. So you want to keep them nice and healthy and keep them um, performing. Um, but yeah, before I doing a Walsh here, just talking about one kid all night. Um, Joseph Manu, I think, played well for the Roosters as well. He got pulled into 5-8 um, with Sam Walker getting dropped. And um, I think he played really well. Um, he just seems to be a talent that gives you 100% regardless of where you put him on the field. And um, we talked a few weeks ago that there were rumours the Warriors were looking at Manu um, potentially. And... Um, I'm hoping they're still doing that because I'd love to see him in a Warriors jersey with the way he's playing at the moment. Oh, I would love to see him in a Warriors jersey. <laughs> he had a great game. You kind of covered it well, mate. Um, Swally looked a lot better this week, got a try, had a nice try assist. Um, copy and paste performance for the Roos, uh, Raiders. Sorry, They know how to start well and then just completely bomb a game. Um, yeah, it was... It's just typical Raiders' performance this year. They suffered a funny old Simbin as well with Ryan James going off for a, a use of the leg on Jared Warrior Hargraves. What did you make of that one? Because it looked like he sort of was pulled down on top of Hargraves by Hargraves himself. Yeah. I, you don't put me in this situation where I have to sit there and defend a forward I, because I'm always going to do it. I'd like to um, paint you as this thug, Brad. Um, I think there was nothing in it. Um, but I think even if that Simbin hadn't happened, we wouldn't have seen the result change. No. Um, I think uh, I'm putting a line through the Raiders. I think they're yeah. done. Um, I've just got no faith that they can make the eight, which will naturally mean they're going to start turning their form around and prove me wrong like everyone else <laughs> is at the moment. But, um, yeah, I just I don't know what's happened at that club. Something something has happened internally. It has to be. Um, this was this is basically the nucleus of this team is the team that took them to a grand final. Um, I know they're they're missing chance at fullback, which is a big loss. Um, but yeah, something's happened, and I don't know what it is, and I don't know how to fix it. Um, if I had the answer for it, I'm sure I I could give up working where I work and go work for the Raiders and fix their problems, but I don't know. Um, you got any ideas what's going wrong? It, I don't think it's just one or two, one, one thing. It's, it's, it seems like a culture thing at the club this year. So yeah, they've had injuries, but, and they've had homesick people. So now we talked about it last week, Georgie Williams has been released. So I don't think they're a happy dressing room right now, but, um, they're leaving a spot in the top eight for us, so long may it continue. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrible to say, but it's very true. Um, may as well go to the first game on Sunday. Um, it was an upset in my eyes, but the Sharks defeated the Titans 38-10. to 10. Um, Sharks have been all over the place. We kind of wrote them off a few weeks ago, or I did. Um, don't want to put you, put you into that same category, but... Um, 
getting rid of their coach and um, like players um, basically being told they can leave. Um, it was almost very similar to what we're seeing at the Raiders, but somehow every couple of weeks the Sharks pull one out of the hat and um, I think they just got the ball rolling and never looked back. I thought their forwards delivered well. Um, I thought Sean Johnson played really well in his 200th match yep. and um, he partnered well with Matt Moylan, which um, is probably a downside to the news of Nico Hines going and one of them potentially going. I think when you get those two together, they seem to really work well. Um, and I think, yeah, if Johnson can stay healthy, um, who knows what the season will bring for Cronulla. They, they could be in the eight. They might fall out of the eight. It's so hard to tell with the inconsistency. And um, on the Titans, I, I'm going to be a bit harsh. They're going from um, contenders to pretenders for me. Um, they were talked up heavily before the season started from me as well. Um, but they just don't appear to be any better than they were last year. And um, I think simply put, they can't rely on David Feeder to do everything and get them out of trouble. We spoke a bit about it last week, and we can say it again this week, their defense. Um, it's all good having a million-dollar second rower that can score your hat tricks, but um, the kind of defensive efforts they're serving up lately not going to win you a lot of games. Um, no, I, th I thought they were stiffed a couple times with the refereeing, and this I think the games on Sunday had some terrible refereeing decisions. Um, the Jamal Fogarty sunburning was that's one of the worst I've seen in a while. I mean, he's sort of what did you make of it? Because for me, he's just running on side, and Wade Graham throws the ball a forward pass into him on purpose. And I thought a yeah. couple years ago, the NRL were going to crack down on that. Yeah, um, no, he deserved it 100%. Halfbacks <laughs> should be punished for everything they do. Um, he he got in the way of a forward, so yeah, something. Um, no, um, yeah, I think it was we they were trying to crack down on it, like you said, um, for players milking that. We saw, yeah. um, last year Wade Egan did it for the Warriors, um, and got penalized for it. But yeah, this one, instead of getting penalised, the other player gets simbined. It was very harsh. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I can't speak for them, but I think the Titans are just bought into their own hype. Um, everyone talked them up. Everyone was talking them up. Um, and I think uh, they've got a lot of young guys. And unlike what we're seeing with the Panthers, where they seem to be able to keep their, their heads level, I think the Titans are just bought in 100% and aren't backing up. And, um, again, it's another team that's in that mix, which if they keep doing this, it's going to help teams like the Warriors, teams like the Cowboys um, get into the eight. And um, there is a big shot that the Titans don't make the playoffs this year, which will be a huge failure um, for them as a club after all the investments they've made. Well, yeah, I th maybe they have bought into their hype, but... They look like a team with a couple of really good pieces of the puzzle, but they don't look a complete team when you look at other teams like the Rabbitohs, um, Panthers, Storm, etc. So, yeah, they, they still look to me like they're missing and, and lacking in a few areas to make them a really competitive top, top eight, top six, top four team. Yeah, they're missing a hooker. Um, yeah. Simply put, they're missing a hooker. Um 
who they who they can get in for that. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, they need. Yeah, I think if they can fill in those pieces of the puzzle, they should get better. But um, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So they need to fix fix themselves in other ways. Mm. Um, which brings us to the last game of the round, and um, was the Knights defeating the Seagulls eighteen to ten. Um, another surprising match. Um, I this was another game where I expected, I like the the Panthers. I expected Manly to run a cricket score up here against the Knights. Um, they, I think the Manly started well. Um, they had a great long distance try by Jason Saab, who I still think I haven't seen him run at top pace yet. He just always looks like he's just jogging away. Uh, no one can catch him, but he just won't sprint yet. Um, uh, Manly were a bit hard done by on the penalties and um, yeah. saved the Knights the chance they needed to get into the match. And then once they mm. got in, they took it their opportunity with both hands and ran away. Um, can't really say run away. There was only 18 points scored by the winning side. Um but yeah, I think in the second half you saw both teams really struggling on attack. I think the Knights, to their credit, they did a great job in containing Tommy Turbo. Um, and if Tommy Turbo isn't there or isn't getting to play well, Manly don't play well, which I think is what we saw here. Um, before I let you talk, I just want to say I, I felt really sorry for Ben Trevojevic. Um, He was getting to make yeah. his debut. Um, Des Hasler waited until like the last moments to bring him on. Um, he made a couple of tackles, got concussed, and got taken off. He had like a minute for his debut. Um, so heartbreaking for, for him to be out there playing with his brothers and only get a minute. But it's early days in his career. I'm sure he's going to come back and he, they're going to be a, a trio of brothers causing a lot of havoc for years to come. Absolutely. Um, and this the Knights were one of the first teams since Tommy Trebojevic has come back to to keep him quiet. And yeah. as we know, when, when he's quiet or not playing, um, it reduces Manly's threat quite a bit. Um, yeah, Manly, we're on the wrong end of the, the penalty count. I think it was 9-1 or something like that. 9-1, um, yeah, that's right. It was pretty heavy-handed, but I think also their discipline wasn't too great. I mean, they had a couple of people sin-bin. Sean Kepi was sin-bin for a, for a shoulder to the head. Uh, who else was it? Marty Tapao, I think, was sin-bin. Marty Tapao, yeah. So I think in, in, in some instances they were, own, they, they were their own worst enemies. Um, but the Knights um, showed a lot of grit to pull that one out of the fire because, you know, they're still missing troops. Um, I think Saifidi led the way and, and their forwards did a good job and – they did a good job defensively, so you know, hats off to them pulling off that upset. And I think most people, especially when the when Manly went out ten nil, um, I think most people were thinking it was going to be a big score to the Sea Eagles. So, yeah, um, the Knights did well, hundred percent. So yeah, that was round twelve. So um, as we go to bring up the ladder, we may as well go over the picks. We picked exactly the same. Um, so we got five out of eight. Um, we got the Warriors game wrong. Um, we got the Titans game wrong and we got the Seagulls game wrong. Um, so yeah, not a great week for us, which means you're still in the lead, having 68 out of 96, and I'm one behind on 67. Um, and there we go, we got the ladder. So yeah, Penrith still undefeated, is still at the top. Melbourne still second. Uh, Parramatta and South 
um, are sitting there in third and fourth. I think the Manly will, depending on how Tommy Turbo goes in origin, I think Manly are going to sneak up there um, before the season's done. Um, but yeah, you've got Roosters, Manly fifth and sixth. Cowboys after the win have gone up to seventh. Dragons are now eighth, um, potentially going to fall out of there very soon. Warriors are sitting at ninth still, followed by the Titans. Where would you do your cutoff now? Well, I don't see Newcastle, Cronulla, West being any sort of threat, to be honest. So thinking teams like, uh, obviously, the Warriors and Titans are still a show, depending on how their form goes in the back end of the season. But, yeah, um, I think St. George will slide a bit as we both sort of were on the same page there. But, yeah, I think we're still looking around 10 or 11 cutoff point. Yeah, I think so too. I think looking at that top eight, teams that I could see drop out are basically the Cowboys and the Dragons. Yeah. Um, I think Manly, unless if Tommy Turbo gets injured, then I'll add them to getting falling out. Um, Roosters, I thought Roosters were going to drop out, but they keep showing that they can play with um, with all their, their second-string guys. So I think they're safe. So, yeah, I think seven and eight have the potential to drop out with – probably nine or 10 coming in um, or a combination. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, then we've got Cronulla at 12th, the Tigers at 13, Raiders gone down to 14, um, wow. being very thankful that the Broncos and Bulldogs are in the competition, um, staying at 15 and 16. And um, I think you'll probably see those three teams stay at the bottom for the rest of the year, if I'm going to be brutally honest. Could It looks like that could happen, mate. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the ladder. Um, do we have any questions from the audience, Paul? Oh, we've got a kind of question slash statement or opinion from um, Nigel Phillips. Um, he says uh, he believes once we finally play at home and the boys can see firsthand what a huge supporter base we have and with another year under their belt and seeing our facilities and culture of home, surely we can be uh, what all us supporters know they have within them. I, for one... And feeling really good about our club's future. So I guess, uh, do you think we'll see an upturn from the Warriors next year when they're at uh, uh, at home? Is are, are they a couple of points lower than they should be because of all because of being stuck in Australia? I'll let you go first, Richie. I've been talking all night. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, it, uh, all of us being based over there in the Sunshine Coast, it, it, it has its upsides, like it reduces our travel and obviously we're we're close in that group and, and um, you know, quite together. But we are lacking that, that home ground, home crowd, real tribal sort of teams not wanting to come to Mount Smart to play us. Um, and I think Gus Gould what? touched on it a little bit in that, in that interview. You know, he, it's, 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 it has its tough tough points for, for us being being over there and not having a, our identity or home ground. So I'm hoping that once we're back here, it, it affects us positively and we can we can yeah, do a bit better. Yeah, I'm, um, I am a lot more confident in their future now than I was when they announced that Roger was leaving. Um, when Roger, I was, I was, I joined Paul when that news was um, announced and, 
Um, I keep my emotions quite well. I, I cried for hours afterwards. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was very concerned. I was like, we we don't really have a player to take his place yet. And I didn't see the ability to sign a, a Ryan Pappenhausen or a, like a, a top-tier guy. Got, um, my little crush, Reese Walsh, came in, and he's kind of brought my confidence up. We talked last week about... Um, Otakolo, the young hooker that we re-signed, um, he's meant to be like the next big thing as well. Um, there's a lot of young guys that are going to get opportunities next year and um, fingers crossed they get to play in New Zealand and mm. fingers crossed they don't get all the injuries they've had this year. I think yeah. if you if this year, if you didn't have all those injuries and you did have some more home crowd support, no disrespect to the guys in Oz. There's a lot of Warriors fans that are making the effort to go to the games all across Australia. But when you've got maybe two or 3,000 Warriors fans as opposed to getting 30,000 at Mount Smart, it's a big difference. And um, Warriors players and opposition alike have said that they'll go to Mount Smart and there'll be 10,000 in Mount Smart, but it sounds like there's 40. Uh, um so it's an intimidating place to go to as a opposition. And let's be honest, no one likes going to Auckland, New Zealand is included. So if we could get those Australians to not want to come here again, it would be great. Um, it's just at the moment, I'll say it facetiously, but the Warriors don't want to come to Auckland at the moment either. So, um, yeah, it's I, I can't wait till they come back. Um, the fact that they're probably not coming back in a couple of weeks like we all thought they were is heartbreaking for me. Um, but yeah, I'm super confident for next year. Um, I still think super confident that they'll do well, but I still think they're still a long way behind the guys like Melbourne and Panthers, obviously. But if you can, if they can get themselves to be like a, a top five, top six team consistently, that's when you you start reaping the benefits. So yeah, super confident. Can I just say? Uh, Brad, you're a Warriors fan. You're super confident at the start of every season. That is true. <laughs> that is true. It's um, yeah. We need a little asterisk next to it. Um, <laughs> and Nigel just made the point that yeah, there was. It has been easier for the Warriors travelling over in Australia. It's also been easier yeah. for their opponents and their opponents when yeah. they come over. Obviously, we'll have to travel more to come to come to New Zealand. And so yeah, that's that was Nigel commenting on Brad's ramblings uh, Facebook page uh, where you can get uh, yeah. all of Brad's stuff. Uh, obviously, you can also watch uh, and provide comments through the uh, New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page, New Zealand Sport Radio um, YouTube account, and also uh, uh, on Twitter as well. And don't forget, you can also listen to us as a podcast if you want to listen to us on the go. But that's uh, that's it for questions for this week in the um, live chat, boys. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Nigel, and thanks, Paul. Um, you you said the question first last week, so I'm going to give you my, my one this week first. Um, since we're basically at the midway point of the season now, um, which team has been your biggest surprise, either by playing better than expected or falling apart? Easy. The Raiders. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a feeling that was going to be the great answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. They've been a train wreck. And you and I, I think, would have both picked them top, at least top eight, top six at the very minimum. Um, and, Yeah. They'll do well to avoid bottom four. Yeah, I had, I had top four in my head before the season started. 
I thought it would be Panthers, Storm, Rabbitohs, Raiders in the top four. Um, and yeah, they're, they're just falling apart. It's it's a mess. And I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy it's them and not me, but it's, it's horrible for their fans. Uh, um, from a positive point of view, I think mm-hmm. um, Cowboys and Manly have surprised me in a good way because I think the start of the season, uh, you know, we were sort of thinking those two teams could possibly be where the Raiders are right now on the table. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, I think once the Cowboys have bought into Todd Payton, they're definitely showing a lot of improvement. And, yeah, Manly were just counting down until Tommy Turbo was back and then they would be back to where they were. Um, yeah. But, yeah, your, your question for me. Sure. I'm going origin-themed this time, buddy. Um, of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> it's getting that time of year. So <laughs> with the officiating the way it's been recently, do you think that's how origin's going to be officiated or do you think the refs will give a bit of leeway and turn some blind eyes? Um, or do you think do you think the officiating will have neg- negatively affect the series? They, the NRL have come out and said they're going to officiate it the same um, as they're doing in the NRL, but they say that every year and they never do. Yeah. So I think there'll be leeway. Um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of players going and like with shoulders to the head or big tackles, but I think if a wayward um, arm accidentally grazes someone's face and gives them a little scratch, they're not going to be marched to the bin. Um putting my facetious hat on again, um, if a couple of Storm players get in trouble and possibly miss a couple of weeks, it will do good for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think there is going to be um, Lee a bit more leeway than we've seen. But I, I guess we're going to find out almost this time next week on um, how seriously going to crack down. Can't wait. Yeah. So um, let's get into round 13's preview. It's a bit shorter than normal due to the bye week. Um, so we may as well do our picks at the same time. Thursday night, we've got the Dragons versus the Broncos. I've gone with the Dragons here. Um, I know I've been talking about how bad they're going to slip, but I just don't know if the Broncos um, can do it, especially with the likes of um, Payne Haas and Xavier Coates yeah. um, not being there. So I'm going with Dragons. I'm opposing you this time, mate. I, I've gone Broncos. I think the Dragons were poor, and they have been poor uh, pretty pretty recently. So I think the Broncos get Tyson Gamble back this week as well, so they can they cast do. Milford. Yeah. They can cast Milford aside again. Um, <laughs> I've gone Broncos. You see, your time at the top's gone to your head. Um, just making all these crazy picks. Um, <laughs> then we've got the game on Friday. We've got the Tigers versus Panthers. Um, I've gone with the Panthers. I know they're missing a lot of players in origin, but like we said before the show started, um, the last time the Panthers were were hit with a lot of origin players out, they played the Warriors and towed them up. So um, I think the Tigers, they show a lot of spirit, but I still think the Panthers have what it takes. I've gone bold here and I've gone Tigers. Um, oh. Looking at... <laughs> I'm either going to be laughing or crying um, after that game. So, um, yeah, the Panthers are just missing. I think rightfully so. I don't think they were missing as many people last year. I think this year, rightfully so, they've got five people involved. Um, I think I believe it's five. And their back line's been rejigged almost completely. So they've got a whole new halves pairing, Tyron May and Burton. 
Um, they've still got quality, but I think maybe it just might disrupt their um, disrupt their team a bit. So I've they, gone Tigers got, for a bold call. They've still got Dylan Edwards, still got Crichton, yeah. still got Momorowski. The Staines are still there. they got all the stars. Um, Never no know, one mate. cares about Nathan Cleary's rubbish. He's not going to help them out. They have Sorry. to lose one day. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, out of those two games that we've picked different, I hope the Dragons-Broncos goes in your favor because it would help the Warriors better if the Dragons yeah. lose. Um, but sad day, we've got the Storm versus Titans. I've gone with the Storm. Um, they've already shown that they can play without their top-tier talent. So it's just a rinse and repeat, and the Titans have to play without David Fafita, which I think is going to hurt them. And Brimson. And Brinson, yes. Yeah, two of their best players. Um, take those two out, they're going to really struggle. Uh, and yeah. take take players out of the Storm, and they seemingly don't struggle. So Storm for me as well. Yep. So our first game we've, we've agreed on. And then the last game of the round, we've got Knights versus Eels. Um, I've gone with the Eels. Um, I know I've been a bit critical of them, but I think they still have the talent. Um, they haven't been hit that hard. About origin and getting Reed Money back, um, mm. I think it's going to help them out a lot. And yeah, the Knights, I think, will struggle here. So I think it's only Junior Paulo that they're missing for origin, then, isn't it? Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I went Eels as well. Um, yeah. They haven't been hit that hard by origin. You look at the squad and still all the main players are there Gutherson, um, Mitch Moses, all those guys. So yeah, I think Eels should get that one done and bounce back finally. Yeah. So that's what round 13 is going to be, uh, a bit shorter than what we're used to. Um, so we've got two games different. We've got uh, the Dragons-Broncos game and the Panthers-Tigers game. So um, you're either going to run away with a huge lead or I might get my first chance at the top this year. Um, we'll know by the end of Friday night. So um, I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so we may as well get into some Super League news before we wrap up the show. Um there wasn't a lot of breaking news during the week, so I've basically just got our realm results, um, including an unfortunate Wigan game um, yeah. in there. But we saw first, we saw um, Warrington put a cricket score on Salford, 62-18. to 18. Um, Warrington still playing well without Greg Inglis. Next up, we had another one-sided affair with Leeds defeating Castleford, 60-6. to 6. Um, then we had St. Helens defeating Hull FC 34 to 16. Um, then Catalans defeated Wigan 48 nil, um, which was a huge surprise for me. Um, then Wigan, uh, then Wakefield, sorry, um, defeated Huddersfield 38 12. And then to keep this, this train wreck of every game being a blowout, Hull KR defeated Leeds, uh, Lee, sorry, 40 to 16. So um, every game a blowout, um, crazy. People were complaining um, about the NRL having blowouts. Yeah, um, <laughs> at least um, the NRL have tried to get one or two close games in there for you. But, um, yeah, I thought it was interesting. There was a few, like Wigan and Catalans. Catalans are playing really well. Wigan have two. Um, it's a bit like the when we saw the Panthers wipe the floor with the Rabbitohs. It's that same type of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, crazy to see, um, which brings us to round nine for them. Um, it's a bit of a different round. Um, normally it starts tomorrow um, or the day after if we go with our time difference. But this week it's um, a game on Sunday, then 
it waits till Thursday, and then all the rest of the games are on Friday. So um, first up on Sunday is Wakefield versus Lee. Then on the Thursday, we've got Castleford versus Hull FC. And then Friday, we've got Huddersfield versus Wigan, Hull KR versus Salford, Leeds versus St. Helens, and then we end the round with Warrington versus Wakefield. Um, I was trying to dive a bit deeper to find out why they changed all the way the schedule is. I couldn't find a reason. Um, unfortunately, um, Simon's not with us tonight. Simon knows all the Super League data. So um, I was hoping he'd have the answer for us, but hopefully he can fill us in on that next week. Um, but is there anything else you want to cover before we sign off, Richie? No, I think that's it, mate. Uh, look forward to next week. I hope you wear some maroon and I can wear some sky blue and we'll have some banter. Yeah, and um, for next week's show as well, we'll do our State of Origin prediction um, instead of doing it this week because um, we'll be just going into before kickoff, basically, so we'll know the exact 17 everything, and we'll we'll do our little side bets on that. So on, um, we'll, we'll have a separate tipping um, tally compared to the rest of the NRL with that. But, yeah, we'll make it interesting with some picks and see how we go. Um, I feel like we're going to pick... Who we, who we support. Yep. But um, we'll see how that goes. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie for your weekly update on Rugby League. Tune in to our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience um, on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. And um, thank you again for joining me, Richie, and good night, everyone. 